0: What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. It is officially Groundhog Day uh, on the day we're recording this. February 2nd is the day of twos. February 2nd, 2022. Lucas, Tyler, and Cameron's back this week. Yes, sir. After a two-week absence... He decided, uh, you know what? I'm going to come out of retirement. Uh, I couldn't stay away. He couldn't stay away. He couldn't stay in the sunny state of Florida forever. No. Okay, well, we're awful. happy to have you back. How? Oh, what, what were you going to say?
1: The warmest I, day I had in Florida was 62 degrees. Oh, <laughs> I had two mornings where I woke up. We, we had one morning, I was in West Palm Beach, so like South Florida. We had a wind chill advisory. It was oh. <laughs> thirty-eight degrees. It was the coldest it's been in that state in forty years. You chose a great time to go to Florida. I could not believe it. I was dumbfounded, and yet we were in the pool every day.
0: Uh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> considering it was sub-zero here for pretty much the entire day, anything oh. feels better than yeah sub-zero yeah. degree weather. No I'd be joke. in the pool too. <laughs> We are glad. We're glad to have you back. Glad you at least took advantage of 62 yes. degree weather. Cause it literally sounds so much better than everything we had done. No, I mean, it was so great, but <laughs> Tyler, how are you on this fine evening? Well, I mean, I think we all know how we are right now. We'll get to that in a second, but come up with a nice answer uh, for the people.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, man. Um, what an eventful weekend. Yeah, that's a good um, way of putting it. <laughs> you know, football was great on Sunday. Saturday, I got to go back out to the friendly little town of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And there we go. See some old friends again. And um yeah, there was some other stuff that happened later that night that I'll spare the listeners on. But hey, you know what? Uh <laughs> the new day we're talking football again these days are honestly the best just i don't there's so much joy in talking football for me personally yes. and i know it's the same for you guys so i can't really complain
0: i feel i feel like i just need to get to the brunt of the news so that we can just move on to actually talking the top 20 wide receivers for next year that we have ranked at this point cuz yes it is a all right, let's get, let's get into news from over the weekend. Um, obviously lots of head coaches still on the move, but maybe, uh, well, the news that broke first, right? There's this whole debacle of is Tom Brady retiring? Is he not? Uh, Schefter broke the news last week. Uh, but Tom was very hesitant on confirming the news, but we got the confirmation from Tom Brady over the weekend. He has officially retired from the National Football League. Uh, Man, 22 years of greatness. Uh, Not only did we watch greatness unfold, we watched the greatest of all time unfold and right in front of us. Um, Game isn't going to be the same. Uh, It is now officially in the hands of the young stars, Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens, the Joe Burrows, the Lamar Jacksons of the league. Tom Brady even saying today. Lamar Jackson's next we can have a debate on on that but uh the the point is Tom Brady's officially retired uh and we are extremely grateful to have watched 22 years of pure dominance in the NFL so uh we wish Tom Brady nothing but the best in his in his retirement uh he's got enough going for him let's be real he'll be he'll be just fine so (laughs) maybe the news that got us most excited over the weekend. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings seem to be closing in on a head coaching candidate that none of us anticipated them going after. That's Jim Harbaugh. And I'll tell you what, uh, I think I am, I, I was one of the biggest Jim Harbaugh advocates on TikTok. Uh, I had said the Giants should go after him for a culture changing, culture shaking figure. Uh, And everyone's like, huh, Jim Harbaugh, right? Have you watched the seven big games he's lost? And I go, yeah. And Do you know how many other ones he's won? He's won like 60 of them. Uh, Don't base his entire coach career on six games. Uh, And so the Minnesota Vikings are going after him. Okay. Went through the first interview. Got a second interview today. Went on for nine hours only for the news to be broken 15 minutes before we start recording that Jim Harbaugh is returning to Michigan. After all this hype, the only team that was willing to give him a second interview, the only team he really gauged interest in, returning to Michigan for the 2022 NFL season. And we three as Vikings fans are absolutely devastated. I think that's the only word I can use. Well, I could use a lot of words, but. That just sucked the energy out of us coming right onto the podcast. Like, how are we supposed to record with enthusiasm after just getting our throat stomped on?
1: I'm going to be honest. It feels like every Minnesota Vikings game I've ever watched when they need to win, (laughs) where you get so excited and you know with all your heart that you should not be excited because disaster is looming there was no reason for us to be excited we never should have had this excitement and they gave it to us and then they took it away i mean they waited till the 11th hour to go "Mm, actually no and it's just if that doesn't sum up being a vikings fan i don't i really don't know what does I hate this. <laughs> no, I. While
2: we were uh, mentioning the news, I was scrolling through Twitter just because I don't know. I just need to see the other, you know, people outrage about this because I know that we're not the only ones. And I found this one tweet, and it's spot on. It is spot on. The Vikings turned down Jim Harbaugh. Not the other way around. Don't don't buy the headline, because we all knew that the only reason why Harbaugh may not have walked away today with an offer was if ownership wasn't completely committed to him. And to me, I think I think I would bet a good chunk of money that Harbaugh felt that same thing that he. He felt the hesitancy in ownership, whether that's majority owners in the Wills or or uh, or minority owners. He felt and sensed the hesitancy, and he said, I'm not going to deal with that. And and picture this too long-term, right? Let's say we did bring on, bring on Harbaugh with the hesitancy and the uneasiness of ownership. I think that would have sent a lot more um, – Mixed signals to everyone in the organization, not just the coaches and not just the players, but the fans as well. Everyone would have picked up on that by, you know, at least the end of the first year. So that's why, I mean, this tweet, the Vikings turned down Jim Harbaugh. That's exactly what happened.
0: I'm just crushed. I just I just want something nice, and mostly I think I'm devastated that we didn't hire him, but I'm also devastated by the fact that we're probably going to hire Patrick Graham of all candidates. That's like quick report card. No explanation. We hire Patrick Graham. What report card grade do you give that?
1: C plus. B minus. C
0: minus. That's what I give it. I give it a C minus. How do C-. we, how do we go? How do we fire? A, a seemingly, I mean, we, we can, we can wind and complain about Zimmer's leadership, but his defensive strategies, right? He knows how to beat teams. Mm-hmm. He's Patrick Graham is maybe 80% of Mike Zimmer. We downgraded <laughs> if we hire Patrick Graham.
2: I don't understand why everything still revolves around a Mike Tomlin-like coach with the Wills. It started with D'Amico Ryan's Jim Harbaugh was the complete opposite and you know, opposite side of the spectrum compared to Mike Tomlin. Do they look at Patrick Graham like a Mike as if he's like the next Mike Tomlin? Like, I don't understand. Yes, Mike Tomlin is one of the more one of the most, if not the most successful coaches in the NFL based off of wins and losses. I get that. You let him go in 06. Move on. Just move on. Just go get a guy that wins. You had him in your building today. And then you're just going to settle. No. (laughs) That's what's going to happen.
0: Well, of course, now right as we're recording, uh, Schefter, Rappaport, uh, both Pelissero. both reporting that uh, with Jim Harbaugh now uh, out of the running, the Vikings are on oh, Tom Pellicero too. Uh, Rams are, or Rams, goodness, the Vikings are zeroing in on Rams head or offensive coordinator. Goodness, wow, I am just all out of sorts right now. The Vikings are zeroing in on Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell as their next head coach, which honestly he he was, he was the, the third guy on my list. I I wanted Harbaugh, I wanted Raheem, and then I wanted McConnell, but frankly, uh, I'm not upset with Kevin O'Connell either. Uh, we're switching to more of that offensive minded approach. Uh, we're not, thank goodness. I like D'Amico Rines was the last person on my list, but Still, uh, I I don't mind I don't mind the Vikings getting Kevin O'Connell here. I think uh, coming from that McVay system, he kind of has an understanding of how McVay runs things. I am frankly okay with that hiring. I think I think all of us here would would say the same thing. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, my grade uh, goes to probably like a B plus hiring for the Vikings.
1: Yeah, probably be higher if Jim Harbaugh was in the mix. You know, you'd feel better yeah. about it if you didn't think that you could have had Jim I Harbaugh. I feel a lot
0: better if Jim Harbaugh <laughs> was, if we didn't just lose Jim Harbaugh. But, yeah, alas, yeah. here we are. I,
2: mean, I guess, what great, I for me at least, do we, I guess, because Kevin O'Connell and, oh, Nathaniel Hackett, oh my gosh, just blanked on that name. But like, my grade for Hackett going to Denver was a B just because it's so contingent on rogers
1: mm-hmm.
2: can I give the Vikings hiring O'Connell a higher than a B yeah but like a B plus right like it's not a home run hit it's not an a certainly not lower than a B right because O'Connell's kind of climbed through the ranks and now he's got so much experience and wisdom from so many different teams that could work out, but Cam, you said it like this. I O'Connell doesn't deserve to, you know, deserve the consolation prize. But we're giving it to him anyway, <laughs> we're
0: giving it to he him. He gets anyways. the consolation prize by default.
2: <laughs> yes, sir.
0: Well, let's re- let's turn to the bulk of the bulk of the uh, content we have for today's episode. Um, I, look, I'm just happy it's not Patrick Graham. So we, I, I can move on and have my chin held high, at least that it's not Patrick Graham. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. That was the last guy I would have wanted. But we're going to talk about our top 20 consensus ranked wide receivers going into the 2022 fantasy football season. Um, yes, it is way too early. We recognize that, but these rankings will change throughout the course of the offseason. We will probably bring you more episodes like this as the offseason progresses as well. But let's take a sneak peek at which guys are in the top 20 of our wide receivers for the 2022 fantasy football season. No rookies included here. They haven't been drafted yet. We have no clue what situations they're in. So these are, and, and frankly, I don't know how many rookies would even slide into our top 20. Anyways, unless if they yep. fell into the lap of Aaron Rodgers. or But you know, Devontae Adams, right? We don't know where they're going to land. So we aren't including them right now. So here's the crazy thing. We have three wide receivers tied for the number one spot in our rankings.
1: <laughs> Seems Devontae
0: right. Adams, Cooper Cup, and Justin Jefferson are all tied for the first spot in our consensus rankings. I have Devonte Adams at number one. Uh, Cameron has Cooper Cup at number one. Tyler has Justin Jefferson at number one. Uh, and if I believe that this is correct, uh, I have Devonte Adams, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson as my top three. Cameron has Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Devonte Adams as his top three, and Tyler has Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Devonte Adams. No, Devonte Adams, Cooper Cup. That's his top there three. There go. it is. I'm there like, oh, go. I'm going to nail this. And then I botched it. Uh, these three guys are all great. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, I assigned us each who our number one ranking was for wide receiver. Uh, and we'll just quick give our reasoning. Uh, Devontae Adams, and I'll start. Uh, Devontae Adams is at the top of my of my notes. So I'll start and get my, get my little spiel out of the way. Here's the thing with Devontae Adams. I think wherever Rodgers goes, Devontae Adams is gonna find a way to get to where Rodgers goes. Uh I it's a little risky. Uh obviously that ranking is contingent on if the Packers do indeed franchise tag Devontae Adams, and then Rodgers goes to let's say Denver, they trade Rodgers to Denver. Uh then obviously my ranking for Devontae Adams like plummets to like wide receiver probably between seven and 10. Um, but I'm going to assume they're playing together next season. I'm just going to assume the best. I'm going to assume the best for this situation. Uh, and the reason why I don't have Cooper cup as my number one wide receiver. I just think we're going to see slight regression. And I say slight regression. Cause I don't want to make it seem like Cooper cup's going to fall off a cliff next year, but we haven't seen a number one wide receiver repeat uh, wide receiver one seasons in fantasy football in some time. It's been a while, um, and I think Devonte Adams has thrown himself into the top three, top five every single season for the past probably what four years. Um, when playing, you know enough games and playing at least you know fifteen plus games, there is no stopping that man when he is with Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to assume the best, Devonte uh, Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers are teamed up again next year. I still have not as the best wide receiver in fantasy football. I think Cooper Cup has a serious argument for it. I'm really tempted to switch it to Cooper Cup. I just think for the fact that we haven't seen a wide receiver one repeat in numerous years, I'm just hesitant to put automatically put Cooper Cup as my number one wide receiver. And so my default is Devonte Adams there.
1: Can I ask you, a Cameron? You have who's... Cooper
0: Cup at number one. Sorry, again, so um, you. I think I talked over you.
1: Can I ask you a question, quick?
0: Yes, you can. You can ask
1: me a question. It's about dynasty. Would you trade? Oh, I don't know. Let's just say maybe like a Devonte Adams for maybe, I don't know, like an AJ Brown. What's your, what's your heat check on that one right there? What, what's the heat? check? I'm, I'm, checking, uh,
0: I'm checking my phone to see if I have a trade offer. In no, my, no, no, no. H- two right
1: random there. players, you know, kind of in the same realm, just wondering what you think about maybe that trade offer. So,
0: so in a, so in a dynasty format, uh, I, am, I am not trying to trade for Devontae Adams right now. Uh, I need to see what happens with this offseason first. I need to see if Devontae Adams finds a way to get to a different team with Aaron Rodgers or if they both stay in Green Bay. If he and Aaron are split, uh, I'm going to take the youth of A.J. Brown, who I think upside top 10 wide receiver. I think he's a top 10 wide receiver in our rankings for next year. Um, yes, he is. Uh, and I'm going to take I'm going to take the years of youth uh, over Devonte Adams there. Apart from a quarterback who's who's helped make him great, um, okay. But if they're teamed up, then I think we can have an argument or uh, uh, then we can have a conversation about it. But All right. I'm going to stick with the youth. If uh, I'm going to stick with the youth for now until we figure out what happens with Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers next season, for sure. So for sure, Cameron, you have Cooper Cup, a number one. Give us, give us the case for Cooper Cup at number one.
1: Well, see, I'm kind of with you. I think there's no way Cooper Cup doesn't see regression next year. Maybe he loses out maybe 20 catches, maybe 400 yards, maybe five touchdowns. I think maybe he could lose out. Um, and you know what? That would put him at the same exact stats what Devontae Adams had this year. So <laughs> I just think even with regression, like this year was so crazy. And originally I didn't have him at one, but after watching these last three playoff games, even with Odell having a great game, If it is any crucial point, Matthew Stafford will throw to Cooper cup and Cooper cup will be open. Nobody can cover him. I mean, in the super bowl, Cooper cup is going to light up Eli apple for 15 catches, 300 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, Eli apple will not have a job for the rest of his life because of how bad Cooper cup is about to burn him. I just think, that that connection, the way that Stafford throws to him, and as good as Cooper Cup has looked this year, I can't put him any lower than one.
0: The crazy thing is, I I heard this. Um, I can't remember who it was from. I, it was probably from the fantasy footballers. Um, if you took away all of Cooper Cup's touchdowns this year, all sixteen of his league leading touchdowns, he still would have been wide receiver four, <laughs> which is nuts, absolutely yeah. nuts. So I accept that argument. I, I'm probably going to put Cooper Cup at number one because I, I just, I feel like I'm not putting him at one for a super dumb reason. But that's okay. I'll fix that. Tyler, you have, I'm, I can't wait to hear your argument. You have the man himself, Justin Jefferson, as your number one wide receiver going into next season. Uh, I need to hear your take on this.
2: I'll acknowledge right off the bat this may seem like a homer pick. And I, I, maybe it is, maybe it's not, but here's, here's my argument for Jefferson. And actually works really well with the news that we broke. I shouldn't say we broke that we mentioned earlier with Kevin O'Connell coming in. Kevin O'Connell played some role in helping Cooper Cup become the number one overall fantasy wide receiver. I I I mean I don't think that's too far out of the realm of possibility that O'Connell played a role in Cooper Cup getting the ball more often this year. He is now coming to Minnesota. I am fully expecting Justin Jeff he looks at Justin Jefferson as I can't say Cooper Cup 2.0, but, oh, I have another dominant receiver at my disposal. He's going to try to put Jefferson right into that Cooper Cup role. So I can't, I mean, I don't think you can guarantee a Cooper Cup-like season for Jefferson next year. But what I can, you know, say that I have a good feeling about that Justin Jefferson will solidify himself into the top three wide receivers in the league because that's something that no one seems to be on board with. But we all think that Jefferson is a top three receiver. So I I, I don't want his main argument just to be, you know, it's the new coach coming in because there's nothing solidified and there's nothing solid with that. So here's what's solid. Justin Jefferson is a top three wide receiver football. That's, that's it. And you have to think, you know, he's going to get that ball. He's going to get the ball because he is just that, that good. So that's my argument. Not much of one, but it's an argument.
0: His trajectory is up. It's continuously going up. I don't see Justin Jefferson taking a step back next year. Um, and if he falls short of his numbers, it'll be by, like, marginal numbers. Or we'll say, well, Justin Jefferson had another great season this year. Um, so I I think the case is there. I, number one isn't out of his realm of possibilities, like you said. It's possible. It's totally possible. Uh, I, I can – top three. He's top three for sure. We all have him in our top three, whether it's one, two, or three. I think you could shake those top three up in any way you want to. And, frankly, I don't think I'd really shrug a shoulder all that much. Wide receiver four across the board for us. Jamar Chase. Oh, baby. Sophomore leap for Jamar Chase. On top of an already, like, (laughs) incredible rookie season where he broke uh, all sorts of rookie records. Uh, Looked just as good as Justin Jefferson did in his rookie year. Is now playing in a Super Bowl in his first season. I don't know how you can't have this man inside your top five wide receivers for next year based on how big his booms are. And even when he only has, you know, four receptions for 73 yards, like you're still not upset with that, right? It's not, he, he, you know, he lets you down at the start of the playoffs. He did have a few of those, you know, single digit games at the start of the playoffs, but it takes one for him to give you 10 fantasy points. It takes one one throw that's it and you have 12 fantasy points in your pocket yeah. the upside with him is absolutely incredible it's his rookie season he already finished as a top five wide receiver this year the uh, i don't know how he doesn't repeat that next year i i don't know how he doesn't repeat that because his trajectory is still up. <laughs> he's a young wide receiver playing with a young quarterback in an offense that wants to continuously make Joe Burrow and that offense better. And they're going to improve the line this offseason. I figure that's number one priority. If you're Cincinnati, how do you not get Joe Burrow sacked 51 yeah. times? Imagine if Joe Burrow gets sacked 35 times instead of 51 times. Like, like there's more, more opportunity for completions there. There's more opportunities yeah. for Jamar chase to do something. So I think they surround him with with even more pieces to help that offense flourish, uh, and we all have him as wide receiver four in our rankings. So I don't think anybody, I think I think we're all thinking the same thing. We're all on the same page here. Jamar Chase is going to continue to be great and chase greatness next year. Number five in our consensus ranks, we have Tyreek Hill. Cameron, give me give me your outlook on Tyreek Hill next year.
1: Just going back on Jamar Chase, people are saying, oh, he's just such a boom guy. Um, the argument for Jamar Chase is Tyree Kill. Um, you know, you're, we ranked Tyree Kill as wide receiver two last year. I mean, that was like his consensus ranking across the board. All fantasy outlets was wide receiver two, and he is the definition of a boom guy. But going into next year, I think Tyree Kill is going to be used just as much. He has not lost a step this year. He was, it was his first year over hundred, receptions. Uh, his career high before this was 87 receptions. This year had 111. So it's odd that he volume went up, but production actually went down. Part of the reason is the touchdowns weren't there. He didn't have double digit touchdowns last year, 15, this year, only nine. And the yards were down a little bit. They were using him a little closer to the line of scrimmage, um, little things like that, but following Ty- Tyreek Hill's p- career pattern, 2018, he had 20 fantasy points a game, 2019, 15 fantasy points a game, 2020, 22 fantasy points a game, and 2021, only 17 fantasy points a game. So, if we're following the math, he should be 23 fantasy points a game this year. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's just, that's the way it's looking. Um, But in in reality, he's going to be probably 100 catches next year, 13, 1,400 yards double-digit touchdowns. It's weird that he is such a touchdown threat because he's not a huge guy. But boy, does Mahomes love to look for him in the end zone. I mean, the speed kills, and he's proof for that. So I just don't think you can put him any lower when he's attached to Patrick Mahomes.
0: As long as Mahomes is on the Chiefs, and as long as they look downfield for Tyreek Hill, he's going to be just fine. Uh, I I thought that was ironic, too, that his, his... um, usage went up, but his production went down That just, it made zero sense So you have to think there's a little bit of correction Of course there, so uh, yes. I, I get behind that statement 100% Number six We have Stefan Diggs And Tyler, because you have Stefan Diggs Right at number six, it is your lucky day uh, Why Why do we still have hope For Stefan Diggs next season? Because this uh, this Season I think a lot of people Slightly disappointed with Stefan Diggs, though he still had a, re- a, a a good season. Yeah, I'm trying to
2: find exactly where he finished this year in wide receiver rankings, but it was top ten for sure. I think it I'm was not seven. mistaken. Seven. Yeah. Um I think the biggest the the biggest reason why it was a little disappointing this year was I think a lot of people just expected Diggs to repeat or take another, you know, or, in you know, do better than he did last year, especially with Josh Allen as a quarterback and, and the newfound chemistry that they had and stuff. I think a lot of people just expected him to finish top three. Um, so when people, you know, when they hear the name Stefan Diggs in fantasy, they're going to go, well, he was a little bit of a, a letdown a little bit, but he really wasn't. He was wide receiver seven. Um, It took him, I, you know, to be fully honest. I mean, his first four games went 15, C12 and 18. That's not horrible by any stretch of the means. I think a lot of people were, you know, my, you know, I think all of us included were just kind of like, we were expecting like 20 point games, right? Like, what's the reason for it? He didn't really score that often. He only scored twice in their first, what was it, six games. And then after that, he pretty much averaged a touchdown a game after the bye week. All this to say, yes, Dayball leaving hurts the offense, but Allen had a huge say in who's staying with the offense, who's, promoted and who's getting hired and all that stuff. Don't expect a lot to change in Buffalo. Josh Allen will continue to get better. He showed that in the playoffs against Mahomes, right? Like he's capable of so much more. Diggs is still that number one guy. And Emmanuel Sanders is on the way out. Cole Beasley took a little bit of a smaller role this year. I maybe I'd maybe expect him to take even less of a role next year. And with Gabe Davis's emergence We'll see if people actually respect Gabe Davis, because if they do respect him, that opens it up for digs that much more. So I, don't, I, think, I think there's plenty of reason to still stay on board the digs train, even though he did finish wide receiver seven, which
1: that's so brutal. But again, yeah. I think he's got to be one of the top by lows wide receivers this year because He's not falling out of the top 10 with Josh Allen next year. And people are gonna people feel like he was. He just didn't have the he had one big boom game, and that was it. But he's such a solid wide receiver and he's attached to such a solid quarterback that I think if you can get him like a little bit cheaper than his value, I'd be all in on that.
0: He's gonna give you fine value next year. I think the value that you drafted him at this year, you're hoping for more. You weren't hoping for him to finish lower than wide receiver three. But when you take a guy in the top three, that's just kind of what you expect, right? He didn't have a big boom game, which you also kind of expect out of your top three guys. So I get the disappointment, but Stephon Diggs will be just fine going into the 2022 season. I, I agree with both of your statements there. Wide receiver seven, we have Debo Samuel. Finish as a top three wide receiver this year. We have him outside of our top five, uh, but Cameron, you don't. You have him at wide receiver five. Uh, you still have optimism for Debo Samuel next year, despite some changes coming in San Francisco. Likely, what uh, what is your your reason for optimism there?
1: Well, see, Debo Samuel had two completely different seasons this year. Weeks one through ten, he had a thousand yards receiving. He was lighting the world on fire. 150 yard receiving reception or er, receiving yard games week after week. It was just crazy. Second half of the season, he also puts up 365 rushing yards, eight rushing touchdowns, averaging 6.2 yards in an attempt. Um, And I just think he just proved that no matter what role Kyle Shanahan wants to put him in, and Kyle Shanahan designs the game around Debo, he can do it. There is nothing this guy can't do. And Trey Lance proved that he's willing to take those deep shots. You know, he's going to be a little ballsy playing quarterback back there. He's gonna make mistakes, but he's gonna take those shots. And I think Debo's one of those guys that if you take shots with Debo more times than not, he's gonna come down with it. And so I just think the commitment that Kyle Shanahan showed to Debo Samuel warrants him being a top 10 for sure. And then the skill that Debo Samuel has to just turn nothing into a 70-yard touchdown is the reason that I have him in the top five. He
0: he still has so much upside for next year because the way Kyle Shanahan has been using him at the end of the season in that running back formation, yeah. I just don't want to even know what teams have to think when Trey Lance, a mobile big arm quarterback, is standing in the backfield with Debo Samuel lined up in shotgun with him. Yeah. Like I don't want to know what defenses have to worry about with that. Uh, so I think it'll be just I can... fine. I don't know if yeah. he'll have another fourteen hundred yard season like he did this year, on top of the you know four hundred, nearly four hundred yards rushing he had with eight yeah. rushing touchdowns. Uh, I don't know if we, we can expect another season like that. We can expect another strong season from Debo Samuel. I think I, I am 100% behind you there. Number eight in our rankings, we have A.J. Brown. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm a big A.J. Brown advocate. Uh, maybe, maybe an A.J. Brown apologist is the better word. Um, because you were not thrilled if you had A.J. Brown on your fantasy team last season. If you drafted A.J. Brown to be a top-10 wide receiver, you were severely disappointed. However, I'm here to tell you better days are ahead, because uh, A.J. Brown may struggle with injury, but, man, when he is in your lineup, that that dude is like a walking 15-point fantasy game, right? He well, maybe I shouldn't say that because he did have some does middle of the season. But once he gets Derrick Henry back, once they get their run game back, once that's established, teams have to worry about Derrick Henry. AJ Brown is ready to go nuts. Ryan Tannehill can just throw the ball up to him. AJ Brown will go up and get it if we watched him against the Bengals. I mean, what AJ Brown had 150 receiving yards that game plus a touchdown. I mean, it uh, no, it wasn't a touchdown because uh, no, uh, no quarterback threw a touchdown, uh, until uh, I don't remember what, oh, because didn't,
2: didn't he have that one-handed catch on the side? Yes, he there? did.
0: He did. Yes, he did. Yes. 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 I, I'm like, I saw the replay in my head and then I doubted it. Um, yes. AJ Brown's will go up and get a guy. He'll come down with it for you. The, the man is still young. He's still got juice. You You can fade him because of injuries if you want, but I will take that off of your hands. If you don't want to deal with A.J. Brown because of injury, I will take that off of your hands because I want 20 fantasy points when Derrick Henry's in the game. And as long as Julio's there lined up on the other side of him, I mean Julio's not the same threat that we all, you know, once loved him to be, but he you still have to worry about him. <laughs> you still have to worry about Julio. You still have to worry about Derrick Henry. And you know what? You can't leave either of those two alone. Uh so pick your poison and AJ Brown is going to be open. So I'm in on AJ Brown still. I think he's still top 10 wide receiver next year in my books. If you don't want him, I'll take him. Fade him all you want. I'll take him from you. So I am in on AJ Brown as a top 10 option next year. Number nine, we have Mike Evans. Now, Tyler, you originally had Mike Evans at number seven, but I'll, I'll give the disclaimer to the people for you. This was when Tom Brady wasn't officially retired yet. <laughs> this wasn't when we knew Kyle Trask was going to be a quarterback next year, but I still think there's some upside to Mike Evans. What do you say?
2: I, I, I absolutely. Mike Evans is one of the more uh, unique players, I guess in this way too early rankings because he is he's not the biggest body, but he is a big, big target for whoever the quarterback is going to be right. You can, he, and he, he does run pretty much every route you can think of. If you want him running in the flat, he can do that. He can do a slant over the middle. He can go deep. He was a huge red zone guy for Brady. So I think if, you know, if I'm a quarterback, you know if I'm Kyle Trask or if I'm a free agent quarterback and I see Tampa, and you know I look at what potential weapons I could throw to, yes, Godwin's gonna be out for at least half the year. Gronk won't be back because he's tied to to Brady, so then it's Mike Evans and I don't know Tyler Johnson it's not the most I Scotty Miller, oh Scotty Miller. Right, it's not the most ideal, but when you when you lead off the lineup with Mike Evans, there's some confidence there that he will he will be the guy. He is the guy for at least half the season because it's not clear as to when Godwin's going to return. I guess because he got he got hurt like late in the season, so I there is a possibility he may not even play at all all next year depending on how his rehab goes so i don't know like like you said there's upside there but i think you do have to be a little cautious like you said i had him at seven i dropped him down to 11 because i think he can still be a wide receiver one in fantasy but it's that upside is now limited just because brady isn't there yeah
0: i feel i feel like I'm not calling Mike Evans Devonte Adams, but at the same time, like I feel like he's going to be in the same range as Devonte Adams because they're both limited by their quarterback play. Mike uh, Devonte Adams is still the better wide receiver. I'd so much rather have him than Mike Evans, but I think they're just going to be in the same boat of if they just have subpar quarterback play next year, they're both in that like w- like wide receiver probably eight to twelve range. They are yeah. drafting both of them just because their upside so limited. So. No, I, I agree 100% with that. Uh, wide receiver 10 to wrap out our top 10 wide receivers. We're going to go through all 20 here, and we'll have to click through the, the second half a little bit quickly here. But uh, wrapping out our top 10, we have Keenan Allen. And Cameron, I know Keenan Allen is one of your favorites. Give us I, give I, us the pro Keenan Allen argument here of why we we still have him as a top 10 wide receiver next year. I believe he finished as wide receiver 9 after a slow start to the season this year.
1: He's, he's the best wide receiver, too, you could ever have on your team. And I truly believe that. He's the definition of consistent. Um, since 2017, he's had at least 97 receptions, 100 in every other year, at least 1,000 yards receiving and six touchdowns. He's not a big touchdown scorer. That's why he, he kind of caps where he's at. Without Mike Williams, with Mike Williams, I don't think it matters because they, they have different play styles. So I think no matter who's there, He's going to have another super consistent year. You're going to enjoy getting that 16 points a week in PPR. You're, you're rarely disappointed by Keenan Allen. I've had him on my fantasy team last years. I don't remember a week where I was like, dang, Keenan Allen let me down this week. You know, it's like 11 points is his worst week, but he is, he does have a little bit of a cap ceiling, but man, I just, you just can't argue with being a tat. Like I keep saying over and over being attached to a great quarterback, you know, attached to Justin Herbert, they're going to put up points. And just with that consistency, you got to love Keenan Allen going into next year. 100%
0: agree. Uh, Keenan Allen is, he, he's, he's one of our favorites. He is, he, he's Mr. Consistent. There, there's, there's little that you can fault in Keenan Allen's game. There's little that you can fault in a situation He's going to be one of the safer options next year and for, for a top 10 wide receiver. Uh, I think we all love Keenan Allen again next year. Wide receiver 11. Oh, boy. We have Jalen Waddle. And I think all of us are unapologetically high on Jalen Waddle. Well, Cameron, I have to check where you have Jalen Waddle. You have him. We have my wide receiver 11. I like that. I like that because I have my wide receiver 10. I thought you had him at like 14. I was going to be like, well... Cameron, maybe not, but no, we all yeah. love Jalen Waddle next season. That man, <laughs> that man is a target monster. Uh, I can't, I, I can't off the top of my head, tell you how many targets he had this season uh, and where he ranked. I'm actually going to pull it up for you right now. While I continue giving my, my pro Jalen Waddle argument, but the man gets volume. You can, you can debate about the quarterback play, the quarterback play, isn't going to be great um, with Tua, but honestly, I don't really see them bringing in another threat at the wide receiver position, as in like an alpha dog wide receiver. Uh, we, us three, have thrown around the Odell as an option, but I don't think that's totally realistic. I think if Odell wants to make a bag, he does, um, but I think Jalen Waddle's still the guy there. Uh, Jalen Waddle. Where did he finish in targets? Where did he go? He finished with 140 targets this year, which was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth in the league. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I don't think Marquise Brown finishes ahead of him next year. Uh, I highly doubt DJ Moore finishes ahead of him next year if Christian McCaffrey comes back. Uh Deontay Johnson with less improved QB play. I don't think he finishes ahead of Jalen Waddell next year. We're looking at a top seven in receptions wide receiver for next season, and you can and, and touchdowns will go up, right? His yards per reception will go up. He's gonna he might I think arguably he might see the biggest sophomore leap next season out of all second year wide receivers. I want volume on my team. Volume is king in fantasy, and volume turns into fantasy points. So I am I am all in on Jalen Waddle next year. We all are all in on Jalen Waddle next year as a top 12 wide receiver. Cam, I'm going to kick it back to you for our next guy because you have this wide receiver inside of your top 10, and I can't, personally, I can't fathom it. I kind of want to outrage. I'm not going to lie. But I'm gonna give you the argument, I'm gonna let you have the stage for the argument of why DK Metcalf is still a top ten wide receiver next year. Because you haven't met wide receiver nine and he's wide receiver twelve in our consensus ranks.
1: Well, I just did a dynasty draft, and my wide receiver one and two are DK Metcalf and Jalen Waddle. DK Metcalf, I think we've all all three of us fellows have agreed. Russ is more than likely going to stay in Seattle. If Russ stays in Seattle and is healthy all year, we're not looking at what happened this year. We're looking at what happened two years ago when he had 85 catches, 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns. I think he can only get better. And I just... You know, and I, I think he just continues to improve uh, where he's at. And, you know, um, man, I just... I, I just see him getting back to that 15 yards per reception where this year he's kind of around 12. Um, and yeah, that, that's really my argument is I think that this year was more of a wash than anything. And that two years ago is kind of what we're looking at as far as next year.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it bodes well that Seattle hasn't, you know, let go of Pete Carroll, And it seems like they're hanging on to Ross. So they're keeping the game together. Who knows what they do with the run game because you can't just be so, you know, pass heavy as an offense. You need to have some run game, but DK, I mean, there were flashes at, you know, certain points of this year where he showed that he's clearly the wide receiver one for this team. Just a matter of can you get him the ball or not? Yeah. And I think if, they figure out what exactly was the, the issue with this offense. I think I, I, I think a top 10 finish is not out of the poss- you know, out of the realm of possibility with DK Metcalf.
0: Moving on to wide receiver 13 in our consensus ranks, we have Deandre Hopkins injury riddled end of the season. Eventually ended up sitting out the rest of the season. We'll see what kind of a comeback he makes this year. But Tyler, give us give us your thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins going into the 2022 season.
2: I think the I think everyone noticed just how much of a drop off there was in passing efficiency with the Cardinals after they lost to the to the Packers. Like it seemed like ever since that game, they just could not figure out the passing game. I think going into the off season that's a big talking point especially with a coach like Cliff Kingsbury like that is going to be a number, like a high priority with that offense. But here's the other thing. AJ Green, and Christian Kirk, and Zach Ertz are all free agents. That means it's only Rondale Moore. Oh, and Maybe I'll even throw in the running backs. Both James Conner and Chase Edmonds are free agents too. <laughs> so the only, like, notable weapons that are still in Arizona at this point, Rondale Moore and DeAndre Hopkins. I think Hopkins still is is a uh, – I, I, you can't give him the the touchdown-dependent label, but – He does benefit greatly from touchdowns, and he is just that dominant of a receiver that you have to use him in the red zone. So I think the usage will come back a little bit just because there won't be as many weapons. And frankly, when you have a quarterback like Kyler Murray, there really is no reason why he shouldn't be getting the ball. So I think there's reason to be optimistic going into next year with DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, this year was a letdown. But don't let this year scare you off completely from
0: him. Uh, yeah, that's a good closing remark. I think don't let this year scare you away because this is, we're still talking about a guy who's top 5 talent wise when healthy in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins is still dominant. So, I'm behind you 100% there. Wide receiver 14 in our consensus ranks is CD Lamb. Now, we we're a little bit disappointed with CD lamb this year. I think we lacked some consistency that whole Cowboys offense really just lacked consistency this year. I think Kellen Moore, Tyler, you mentioned this on a podcast a few weeks back. I think Kellen Moore just kind of got the, got the heebie jeebies of, Oh boy, I need to feed all these mouths and I need to get creative with these touches. Uh, when in reality, like let's just get our best playmakers, the football, like That's what the conclusion should be. And I think if you're the Cowboys going into this season and you see that C.D. Lamb only had one reception in the first round of the playoffs against the 49ers, that's a problem. <laughs> C.D. Lamb is your best playmaker. Get the ball in his hands. Good things happen when the Dallas Cowboys got the football into C.D. Lamb's hands. So I find it hard to believe he doesn't bounce back next year. And again, he is still a young wide receiver. He's not some like eight year vet uh, like Devonte Adams or, um, you know, shoot Cooper cup even, right? Like he's still growing. He's still getting used to the league. There is still so much upside to CD lamb next year. So I love him as a top 15 option. Still. We have him as a top 15 option. Uh, that's, I think we have him ranked appropriately going into next season for what his upside could potentially be, but also, you know, the reality of where he will likely finish as well. Yeah. Wide receiver 15 in our rankings, we have Calvin Ridley. Um, I hope he's doing okay. Uh, first and foremost, I think I just need to get that statement out there of um, you know, we're, we're expecting Calvin Ridley to return to football. He's come out and requested a trade. So, Part of me would like to think that he's open to stepping back into football um, for next season. But, Cameron, what do you make of Calvin Ridley really not playing much football this year, but still having him as a top 15 wide receiver next year?
1: You know, Calvin Ridley, this year, I didn't realize he still averaged almost 15 fantasy points a game in the five games that he played. Right. You know, so he's, he, it wasn't like he was bad when he, before he stepped away, like he was still having a solid season. And if any team is going to trade for Calvin Ridley, they're probably going to be a contender. You know, what the Detroit lions are not going to go out and give up draft capital to get Calvin Ridley. This is going to be a team that's right on the doorstep. And so I think putting him in a good situation, we'll see kind of like DK Metcalf, a similar season that 2020 season, 90 receptions, 13, 1400 yards, nine touchdowns, you know, so I'm coming. I'm kind of thinking of that also just saw this tweet pop up from Tom Pelissero. Uh Harbaugh left today because the Vikings wouldn't give him an offer. Just want to throw that out there.
0: We need to stop the to podcast day, right though? now. I am going over. Oh, I am going to riot!
1: Sorry. <laughs> I, ha- I couldn't sit on that by myself. <laughs> I needed people around me. <laughs> Keep
0: going with Calvin Ridley, please, while I sit in sorrow.
1: I just, I mean, Calvin Ridley was top 10 receiver two years ago. I think he definitely can return to that. Uh, and since he's sitting on my dynasty bench right now, I'm even more optimistic <laughs> than the average player. So, please kind of to come back. <laughs> please. And I mean, it was a, I had to give up so much for Calvin Ridley in that trade. So I'm, I'm just really hoping he comes back. <laughs> Stop it right now you know, that Tom Brady and Emmanuel Sanders and dynasty package. Ooh.
0: I'm going to move on before camera just rubs in our face even more That that. Uh, Deontay Johnson is our wide receiver. 16 for next season. Uh, there's some pep- pessimism. He was a top 10 fantasy wide receiver this year, but without Big Ben, I think there is some pessimism on can he still repeat his production? Tyler, you actually haven't ranked the highest out of all of us, so give us Tell us why we should still be in on Deontay Johnson next season.
2: I'll start it off by asking you guys this question. Cam, you first, then then Lucas second. Do we think, I mean, let's say in the hypothetical, one of these big name quarterbacks goes to Pittsburgh. Let's say Seattle does end up trading Russ to Pittsburgh. Let's say Rogers chooses Pittsburgh do we think that would help Deontay hurt or like kind of keep him in this high-end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one
1: territory?
0: Anybody who would think, Oh, you said, Cameron first, I'm muting myself. I would think,
1: I would think that it keeps him right where he is. I think the targets probably go down because big Ben just hyper targets one guy, but I think his efficiency and probably touchdowns would increase. That's kind of where I see. I see in a PPR format, and st- like if you're playing standard, if you're still stuck in the Stone Age, then yeah, I think it can only help him. But um, I think in a PPR formats, I think he probably stays around the same.
0: Anybody not named Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins is going to help Deontay Johnson's value. So if they land a Russell Wilson, if they land an Aaron Rodgers, shoot, if they land a Deshaun Watson, uh Deontay goes back to being a top 12 wide receiver for me.
2: So is it fair? I and just summarizing, do we is the reason why we've got you guys got Deontay so low is just because we don't know what the quarterback situation will be. Yeah. I yeah, that's yeah, what it is for me. for me. I
0: yeah. I am just assuming they don't land one of the big name quarterbacks only because It's going to be Rodgers or Wilson. I don't think they're going to make a move for Deshaun Watson. I I already think Rodgers goes to Denver, uh, and I think Russ stays put in Seattle. So I don't think they land one of the big-name guys.
2: I'm of the opinion that if Pittsburgh lands one of these quarterbacks in the draft, that they will also help out Deontay's value. Mm -hmm. Just because they they Steelers are keeping offensive coordinator Matt Canada, they're keeping Mike Tomlin, of course. And the quickest way to take you know pressure off of a young quarterback's plate: run the ball, keep it short, take very few deep shots. Deontay's never really been a deep threat guy, so that kind of helps him out at least. So with the prospect of a new quarterback, and I, th- I think we can fairly say that Deontay also established himself as wide receiver one, no matter where he lines up, he is the number mm-hmm. one target in that offense. Um, Juju's also on his way out. I don't think Juju wants to come back. He signed a one-year, and that was a surprise to everybody last year because it looked like a, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered that he was going to Baltimore and then he said, psych, I'm coming back. I think this year he's actually gone. I think that's, that hurts his value more is if Juju comes back than if Pittsburgh just proceeds with Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph.
0: I think it's interesting if they go out and draft a quarterback what that might mean for Deontay. Because I don't know if it if it would help his value more for me or if it would keep it, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that would do. I would, you know, I, I think it would depend on which quarterback it is. I think it would also depend on what we start hearing from camp too. Um, yeah. Which is why we're going to you know continue to update our rankings and make more of this podcast throughout the off season as well. Uh, Cameron, I'm going to give you, um, uh, the last shot to explain these wide receivers before I crank through the rest of them. Um, right. we have Amari Cooper, a wide receiver 17 going into next season after a very, 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 very up and down season for Amari Cooper, one in which you were kind of annoyed to own him. If you were a fancy manager, uh, still top 20 for us next season. Uh, Plead our Amari Cooper case to
1: the people. I got Amari Cooper at wide receiver 14, and I honestly think that he can be a top 12 wide receiver. Yeah, you Um, have him the highest out of all of us. And I back that up by one of my other by low candidates, Curtis Samuel and Kareem Hunt, trading both of them away to Tyler in our Dynasty League for Amari Cooper. And the reason I really like Amari Cooper this year is he's only 27 years old right now. You know, Amari Cooper feels like he's been in the NFL for forever. And yet he's still only 27 connected with Dak that offense did not look great at all times. And yet they put up the most points in the NFL per game, obviously helped out by two 50 plus point performances, but I still think that this offense is just going to be clicking even more. Michael Gallup, probably gone. Dalton Schultz is also probably going to be gone. In my opinion, just because I think he's going to go chase the bag. I don't think Dallas is going to be able to pay him. Um, And so with those two people gone, they're going to have to rely more on Ceedee lamb and Amari Cooper. And I really think with a full year of health from Dak, because he had another little injury, um, that ankle injury was still like a thing in the off season. I think that Amari Cooper can return to wide receiver one status going into next season.
0: I like the bold take of Amari Cooper his wide receiver 1 status. I think he's he's one where he I think he's definitely a buy low candidate if you're in a dynasty league right now. Go out and get him while people are still mourning his last his last yes. season. because um, that was rough to deal with. If you're a fantasy manager that was that was rough. You were not hoping for that. Yeah. The three wide receivers we have wrapping out our top 20, we have T Higgins, a wide receiver 18. Uh, The way he's been clicking with Joe Burrow has been absolutely incredible. I think it's totally possible the Bengals are another one of those teams that support, uh, you know, like three top 30 wide receivers next year. Uh, I Mm. don't know where Tyler Boyd finished this year, but T. Higgins and Jamar Chase were both uh, top 20 this year, I believe. Uh, So we love T. Higgins going into next year. Terry McLaurin, we have a number 19. Look, get this man a quarterback, and then we can talk about top 15 status from there he's outside of all of our top 15 he's outside of Tyler's top 20 uh, borderline top 25 for Tyler which is saying something uh, get that man a quarterback and then we can talk about Terry McLaurin uh, and wrapping out at number 20 we have Brandon cooks he, just sneaking good and reliable I that that's it he's the only guy there they don't have another pass catcher that team is just abysmal okay and frankly, I don't know how much they're going to help it in the draft uh, with their, what, number two pick, number three pick. Uh, I don't think they're going to go wide receiver. It'd be way too early to draft offensive help when there's insane generational defensive talent on the board in the yes. first three picks. Uh, I don't think they help out anything on the offensive end uh, with that pick. So Brandon Cooks wraps out our top 20. I feel like I have to give an honorable mention to this player though, because he's in my top 20. I don't think he's in either of your top 20s. Michael Thomas is the only guy that I have to give a shout out to right now. Um, Mostly because I think it's totally possible he returns to form, but the matter of fact is he has played a whole, like two games in the past two seasons. And he doesn't really have a quarterback going into next season. And he doesn't have Sean Payton as his head coach there's a lot of moving parts there, but uh, I think Michael Thomas still has the, the top 20 is still in the realm of possibilities for Michael Thomas. Um, I think we just express our pessimism on that saints offense and really on just Michael Thomas and how he's really just burned the past couple of seasons. Um, I think that's just baked into our rankings for him. So yes. With that, we wrap out our top 20 wide receivers Cameron, anything you have to say before we sign off?
1: My hot take Michael Thomas will never be a top twenty four wide receiver again for his career.
0: Tyler is there anything i'm I'm like I'm biting my tongue and just transitioning so that people can sit in and, and we can discuss that another day because that is. Too hot to handle with the amount of time we have left. Tyler, do you have any other thoughts to close out the podcast?
2: My eyes just burn from that. Holy cow. That's what I'll end on. That Jeez. Jeez, Cameron. Jeez.
0: Thanks for tuning into another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas. You can follow us on our socials, FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram and Fantasy Football Fellas on Facebook, YouTube, and the good old TikTok. Up to 27,000 followers on TikTok, so go give us a follow over there. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can hear when we finally discuss why Michael Thomas will never be a top 24 wide receiver in his career again. Mostly that camera just explains himself. I don't know if I can get behind <laughs> that, but make sure to subscribe and turn on notifications for our podcast so you can get notified of when we are releasing all new episodes this off season with that i can say it again i can say it again because we're all on the same podcast and nobody is sitting out this wrong we are three stooges being dudes the fantasy football fellas deuces
2: deuces deuces